Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. And on this episode, we will be talking about a, a couple of different topics that I, I don't know, I've been meaning to talk about, or at least I've been thinking about them a lot lately. And, you know, this, these solo episodes are really just my thoughts of Lion, Cook, Lion Cook's thoughts. And I really just wanted to touch on a couple of topics that I think have been interesting to me, or at least I've been uh, thinking about in the last couple of days. And the first off is the fascination, the fascination of serving so many meals a day. Um, what it means in terms of serving everyone you serve in your workday, uh, and why I think it's so cool that we, we have a job and a place in the world where we're able to serve and feed people in a way that not many people do, and we're able to interact with people in not uh, a way that a lot of people get to ever experience. So I really think that would be a good topic to talk about, and my thoughts on why I'm so fascinated by it, and why you know when you're growing up, you're only served by a few people, then you know, you kind of get older and you get money and you start to go out more and you get served by more and more people and the trust we put in others to give us quality food and food that's safe. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I think it's a a really cool sentiment to have, especially when we're in the industry, we're thinking about other cooks and other people that we go out to eat with. I mean, it's just something that I find interesting. The idea that so many of us cook so many meals for so many people, that we're the source of fuel and energy for so many people throughout the week. Uh, so I want to get touch on that. I also want to touch on what I cook on my days off and what I think about cooking on my days off, because I know a lot, a lot of cooks don't really do in-depth cooking on their days off. This isn't saying every cook. Um, I know a lot of you uh, are out there hustling on your days off and making beautiful dishes and putting them up on Instagram. And I love the work you all do for those of you who know uh, that I follow you. Um, I just think it's really cool that when people co- cook on their days off and actually put the effort in, I also think it's cool when people just relax and they're like, Hey, I'm going to go out to eat and I'm just going to share what I like to do. On my days off in terms of eating and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much what the episode is going to be about today. Uh, I think those are two really cool topics that I want to get into and I want to start a conversation on. And maybe we'll go down a couple of rabbit holes here and there. But that's basically the the forefront of the conversation today. Uh, but before I do that, I want to shout out to a couple of people, a couple of things. Um, first off, the board eight episode. So as of right now, we are... Well, let me see. I think we're about... gonna When this episode comes out, I think we will be a week away from the deadline. Um, yes, we will be a week away from the deadline when this episode drops, which will be Wednesday. Um, and so when I, uh, I've gotten a good amount of voice messages, but I know Anthony Bourdain meant a lot to so many more of you. And I don't, this isn't a guilt trip. Uh, if you really don't want to be a part of this episode, I truly understand. I know there's a fear of talking and putting yourself out there and, you know, putting yourself on a podcast, uh, and just not being, you know, just sharing a minute of something. But if you're able to find it in yourself to just put out a minute's worth of content and send it to me on why Anthony Bourdain meant to you, uh, so much to you, it would mean a ton to me. Uh, this is a project that I've been thinking about for over two months now, and I really want it to be successful. And the fact that I've already gotten some people to record messages and send them to me makes me feel like it's already a success. But I want to build it as big as possible. You know, as when you're a human, you want things that are bigger and better. And I really just want the Bourdain episode to be something that stands the test of time is just a testament to what he made cooks feel. And I think a large uh, group of cook, co- cooks coming together and sharing why Anthony Bourdain meant a lot to them is so what he was about, you know, bringing cooks together and being the voice for their everyday chef. And so I think that the episode would be a great thing, not only for our industry, but to share with the rest of the people in the industry and the rest of the people outside of the industry, maybe Anthony Bourdain fans who aren't cooks. I just think it's a great way to show 
how he truly affected us and affected changing us and made us want to be better chefs, want to be better cooks, or at least want to get into this industry or stay in this industry. So if you could find it uh, in yourself to send me a voice message on why Anthony Bourdain meant a ton to you, you can either download the Anchor app or you can even go in the show notes of this page or this podcast and you can go down and you can look. There's going to be like a link and it says Anchor Message. And you click on that and all you have to do is record. Uh, that's pretty much it. And then the voice message, message gets sent to me and I will be putting it in a podcast. Um, obviously, keep it appropriate. Um, but I mean, I've been, I haven't had any issues so far, knock on wood. But I really would appreciate if you all could take the time and send me a minute on why Anthony Bourdain meant a lot to you. Uh, this post on my Instagram page as well. I'll keep posting instructions and whatnot. But I really want to push for this so that we can get a large collective together and hopefully get the message out there and why he meant so much. I uh, Next up, I so obviously I love podcasts. <laughs> That's why I do one. And I wanted to shout out one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, you probably know him. He runs probably the biggest podcast that we've ever seen is Joe Rogan. And I just want to get into a little bit before we get into anything else on why I really enjoy Joe Rogan. I enjoy Joe because he, he brings on people of so many different backgrounds and so many different beliefs and so many different goals and so many different career paths. And it does like, there's no, like he, he brings on anyone Like he literally bring on anyone. And I just think there's a beauty in allowing yourself to be open enough to listen to someone else, even if you don't agree with them. And I just, I'm always fascinated by the people he brings on and the content he puts out and his ability to have these long form conversations. I mean, you think about it, my podcast interviews are at most an hour, an hour and a half, uh, excluding Ross, my chef, who wanted to break the record for me early for the longest podcast when we hit two hours. Um, but typically my podcast interviews and my solo podcast are about an hour long and his go on for two to three hours, some of them even four hours long, which is mind blowing to me to be able to sit there and have enough energy and you know, I, he's just so good at interviewing and so, and I, I just want to be that good at interviewing. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing him up is recently he had an episode with a man named Phil Demers, who is basically an ex uh, Marine land worker and he's in lawsuits with them or they're suing him because he's uh, bringing out the message of mistreatment supposedly at Marine land. And I really suggest you take checking the episode out. It's Joe Rogan and Phil Demers. And I just was blown away by um, the story, uh, the content, uh, the ability of both gentlemen to share the story to us via an audio experience, and just the passion behind both of them and their ability to connect with each other and really just put out great content. So if you are looking for a podcast episode and you're not sure where to look right now, and you know, obviously I'd love you to listen to mine, but if you're not going to, or you're going to go listen to something after this, Look up Joe Rogan and Phil Demers. Listen to it. You will not be disappointed. I thought it was a great, great podcast episode. Next, I want to shout out to uh, Luana. Uh, she was on the podcast recently. She's the founder of You Gotta Cook uh, YouTube channel. And I just really am enjoying the content she's putting up. Uh, she just put up a hot pot recipe on how to make rice. And I really think what she's doing is very great for a lot of young adults or a lot of people looking to cook at home. And I really, really would uh, recommend sharing her youtube channel and watching it and just being a part of it because she's really just trying to make meals that are easy for people to follow and get into and i think that's so important to have 
that kind of resource. I wish I had that YouTube channel. And maybe there was that YouTube channel, but I wish I was I had Luana's YouTube channel when I was in high school because I feel like I would have been able to do so many more things because I really didn't know how to cook until I obviously got into my two year, last years of high school when I got into vocational school or when I went to the CIA. And in between all that, you know, you just... I really think it's important to have these outlets and this type of um, this type of just channel where it's just about cooking and it's just about sharing how to do a recipe that's easy. Not, maybe not easy, but it's simple enough where you can understand it, where someone who isn't in the industry can understand how to make it. So I just want to shout out her for the work she's doing. I think she's doing a tremendous job and I'm very excited to see what she does in the future. Next up, I want to talk about uh, Dominique Crenn and just give my best wishes to her. If you haven't heard in the past, uh, I think she put it up like a week ago, uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I, um, you know, this hit home for me because um, I had a, a couple family members uh, deal with cancer and I had a family friend pass away from cancer. And I know a lot of you have been affected by this horrible disease, this horrible condition that, you know, seems to hit at the worst times. And I just wanted to share that, you know, Dominique Crenn, I mean, I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but we all are here for you. We all support you. And I know this battle can be tough, but I believe in you. And I believe, you know, you're one of the strongest people, in my opinion, in the food industry, able to break down barriers and, you know, get the awards and the accolades that you've gotten. And, you know, to do that while leading a movement of female chefs. And I just... I really appreciate your work. I really appreciate what you stand for. I really appreciate what you've done for this industry. I do think you will go down as one of the greatest chefs of all time. And I just wish you the best of luck. And I, you know, I tweeted out and you ended up responding. You know, you like the tweet. And, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I just, I just know that when my mom or my grandmother was going through this, it was hard on them. And I know when people said they supported them, it, it helped them just a little bit. And so I wanted to put that energy out there. So Dominique Crenn, I wish you the best of luck in your fight against cancer. And, you know, I just, I hope everything goes well. And I have no doubts that you are going to keep creating beautiful food and just keep pushing the industry in so many different ways. The last thing I want to talk about in this introduction, sorry, y'all, this is a long introduction today. Um, an update on my weight loss. Uh, so if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that back in August 19th of 2018, I decided that I wanted to make a change for myself. I wanted to lose weight. I was at 278 pounds. I was very overweight, very unhealthy, very just um, run down, tired, fatigued, not happy with myself, really couldn't like stand myself like in terms of looking in the mirror and whatnot. And in less than a year, I'm proud to say that I've lost 70 pounds. I am now officially 70 pounds down, actually 72 pounds down. And I just wanted to update you on that. Um, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the achievement that I've been able to lose 72 pounds naturally um, it's taken almost a year, but, um, I've been able to do it in a natural way, uh, just by eating better for myself and, you know, no pills, no, um, no surgeries, anything like that. Uh, I've just been able to do it naturally, which I'm really proud of. And I just want to give you all an update because I know that we talked about it and I don't, I don't know, maybe you probably all forgot about it, but I just want to give you an update that I'm 70 pounds down and I'm just pretty proud of the progress I've had. That being said, the reason I'm bringing it up is if anyone needs any advice or, I mean, I'm no doctor and I don't ever want to tell people how to live their lives, but if anyone's out there struggling with weight loss and they just want to talk to me about it because I, I know where you've been um, and I know what it feels like to look at yourself and just be disappointed sometimes. I know I was very 
I was very down on myself. And I think it's important to realize that you offer so much to this world that you shouldn't be down on yourself, even if you're overweight and even if you're not looking the best you could be in terms of your own opinion. You know, we all have our flaws, but we also have great values that interconnect us and make us great human beings, especially people in this food industry. Um, but like I said, if anyone needs to talk or needs to or wants to message me to hear how, I'm do, how I did it, uh, I would be more than happy to share that story with y'all and be more than happy to give you some advice. Like I said, not any professional advice, but just some small tweaks I've made um, in my ability to lose weight. All right. Y'all. So that being said, I'm very excited for this episode. Episode 33. Uh, I don't know why, but just this, the thought that we've been doing this for over 30 episodes now is just crazy to me. Um, but yeah, here we go. I'm very excited. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And feel free to check out my website, linecookthoughts.com, if you want any Line Cook Nation merchandise. Um, I had a little bit of a trouble getting some new merchandise going, so it's a little bit on standby in terms of the medium-sized shirts. I'm sorry if you're a medium-sized shirt. Uh, but other than that, let's get this going, and thank you so much for listening. All right, y'all. So, have you ever thought, like, I, I just, okay, close your eyes for a second. Uh, if you're driving or walking, don't close your eyes. Uh, all right, just imagine with me this. We serve so many meals a day. So many meals a day. So many meals a week. Like, it's kind of mind-boggling. Um, it, it's kind of insane. You know, I mean, let's do the math real quick. Uh, so, let's say, for example, I don't know. Let's say you do a total of 220 covers a day and, you know, we'll be generous. You know, say you're on a garbage day station. Most of the stuff's coming off your station. So you have some sort of a, a part in the meal of someone that day. So say out of 220, 200 or off the garbage day station. All right. So that's 200 guests a day, you know, times five. This is actually simple math. Sorry. Uh, but that's a thousand meals a day that you've uh, contributed to. All right. Multiply that by a year, maybe busier weeks, slower weeks, you get around 52,000 uh, meals you contributed to. That, does that not blow anyone else's mind? The fact that we serve so many meals a day. I know it's so basic, and I know a lot of you are going to be like, Ray, what the hell? Like, what are you talking about? But I'm serious. Like, just like it, it's mind-blowing. So like, think about it this way. So my example is this. My mom and grandma and grandpa and dad, um, you know, mostly my mom and grandma, um, they served me most of my life until I was about 17. Almost all my meals came from either them or my school cafeteria. And that's it. You know, going out once in a while, but mostly them. And that's, to me, that's just, you know, that's one person or two people. That's like four people just feeding you for so many years. And then you get older, you're able to drive, you have some money, you're able to go out to eat a lot. And you know, we start putting trust in so many different people to feed us. And this is like, this is what fascinates me about cooking. This is what gets me excited. So like you, your, your impact is so much greater than you ever realize. I can't even imagine it, but yet again, I do sometimes. And this is why I'm so proud to be a chef. This is why I'm so proud to be in this food industry. And this is why like, you know, I, if you're right now, if you're in a rut or if you're like, damn, like, you know, why'd I get into the food industry? I know some people have those thoughts sometimes. This is what I mean. So I want to talk about an example. I don't know if this is ever recorded. This has probably been written about, you know, we live in an age where everything's been said. But I've always been fascinated with the connection from the past to the table. The past being, you know, where you put the food up before and where it's checked by the 
the expediter, and then it's sent out to the tables. I feel like, for me at least, when I first started cooking, a lot of my thought was based on getting the food to the pass. So no matter what, you get the food to the pass. And yeah, it has to look great, and yeah, it has to taste great, temperatures have to be right. But it's not even like a lack of like consistency or quality, it's just the fact that I was just putting it up to the window, just putting it up to be checked and sent, and that's it. I feel like when I thought about that, like my mind, like, like it stopped, there was a barrier. Like once the food hit the pass, I'm done. You know what? Like I'm done. Like I put the food up, next, let's go. And I feel like you kind of have to do that sometimes to be like successful and be very uh, quick. But I feel like if you don't stop and think about it for a little bit, you will never fully appreciate what you're doing. I like to think about the pass to the table. So the trip from the food coming from the kitchen to the, to the guest and then ultimately the guest enjoying it. And I feel when you start to think in that way, it's just you get so much more pride in your work. You're able to feel so much better about what you do. And even when it's stressful, even when it's those crazy nights where it's super busy, knowing that you're putting up plate after plate after plate after plate, and it's getting to the guests and just you're making so many great memories and people are smiling and enjoying their food and really having a great time. I mean, that's such a pride. Like you, should, you should have so much pride in that. And this is why I love cooking. This is why I decided to start Lion Cook Thoughts. I love that we have an industry full of people willing to serve others and make others happy and to make others feel like their day is growing great and make others feel, you know, even if their life is going to complete crap, for that one hour or two hours as they're sitting down and eating your food, they feel amazing and they don't have to worry about anything. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just so crazy to me that we live in a time where this is our job. Like, we get to do this and make money. Like, we, our job is to cook for others and to feed them and, you know, just make their day or give them a meal or be the be the part of their life where every you know like there's so many different ways and this is where we get into it right so say you're a more casual restaurant say you're like working like a place like a cafe or something and people come in daily every day for however many years it's going to be the same thing they're going to come in and they're going to eat and the reason they're eating there is because they enjoy your food and they like your food and they trust you as a cook and as a chef and when you have that trust but you, you, they may never realize it, and I feel like a lot of cooks don't, but you have such a big impact on their life. Like, you're feeding them every single day. Think about that. Like, think about, say you went to a rest, the same restaurant for lunch five days a week for three years. Like, that's that, that restaurant has such a big impact in your life. And, you know, I read a Yelp review later. This is really how this got going. I read a Yelp review, and it was saying how, you know, how eating at these restaurants, like, at a certain restaurant... It was always a great experience because they always had just great times. They're able to bring their first date there or bring their fiance there. And they were able to share times with family and friends and celebrations. And this is what fascinates me about institutional restaurants, like places that have been there for years and years. They play such a big role in the community and they play such a big role in the lives of the people that they feed. And, I don't know. There's just something so crazy and so special about what we do every day in work. And when you have a place like that's that people keep coming back to, 
whether it's for a certain celebration or a holiday or a birthday, or it's just they want to get a quality meal, and of all the restaurants they could have picked, you're the one, I think that's something special. And I think that's something that we as chefs and cooks need to keep reminding ourselves. We do this to feed others. We do this to make others happy. We do this to impact people in a positive way. And so when you find that connection from the past to the table, I think everything changes. I mean, it did for me. So when I started to think about like, you know, when you start to think about the food hitting the table and then the person looking at it and they're like, wow, this looks good. And then they take the first couple of bites and they're just like, okay, this is really good. And I'm really enjoying this. I mean, like, what what more could you ask for in terms of a career? Like, what more? I mean, whether you're the cook or you're the owner of the restaurant or you're a, a manager, like, whatever it is, you are in some way making these people's lives better by f- feeding them food that they like and enjoy. And so it's when I f- realized that connection is when I started to appreciate the industry so much more. So the reason I want to talk about this is because I want to make that connection for the cooks out there who don't have that, um, or maybe haven't really thought of it in that way. Next time you cook a plate of food and you're at work and you're like heads down, or you put out a pastry or you go serve someone, think about like think about it, like be empathetic, look from them to you, like see what it truly would feel like, see the kind of reaction you would have, and just like when you go and see them the next time they're eating, like while they're eating and they're enjoying it and they're with their family and friends, and, like, they're just having a great time, just know it's because of you. And I feel like no matter how rough days can be, at the end of the day, it's basic. We're here to provide quality experiences for people. And when you're able to do that, and you're able to do that consistently, that's when I feel like you've succeeded in this restaurant business. And so whether, you know, whatever your position is or whatever you like to do, I think that's really great. And so... Off of that, I want to get into recognizing guest feedback. Um, I feel like a lot of times when we cook and things get sent back, it's um, almost like it's it's like a sin. It's like, oh, no. Like, how could they send this back? Like, no way. But sometimes people just have different either views of temperatures for meat or they have different outlooks on what – you know, the menu might, or what the item might have sounded like on the menu. Or maybe they just straight up didn't like the dish they got. Not because you're a bad cook, but just because they thought it was something else and then what they got wasn't what they expected. Not saying it was of lesser or more quality, but just it simply wasn't what they expected. And I feel like, you know, talking about how many meals we serve a day, we need to be very cognizant of the fact that not everyone is going to enjoy every meal. And I know that when I get food sent back or when I get complaints, it really hits hard for me. Even knowing that, you know, sometimes people just don't have the same expectations as you. They just thought something was different. It really hits hard. It bothers me. It makes me, I don't know, it makes me upset. I, I ended up thinking about it way more than I should. Um, and it's because I care. And I know that my work uh, reflects who I am as a person. And so when you, when you get into the situation where a, a piece of, like a filet gets sent back or some like a soup wasn't hot enough or like a salad was, I don't know. It just, the vinaigrette didn't taste right. Like a, like you, you should really take the opportunity to do your best to like reconcile that. And yes, there are, you're never going to please everyone. There will be people who just aren't pleased and that's not a knock on them. Sometimes maybe they're just having a bad day and the restaurant is where they take it out on. 
or maybe they just really thought it was going to be something different. They're just so disappointed that nothing really is going to help them. But it's important to recognize that we have to try. And we can't just be so egotistical to think that every single plate of food we put out is perfect. Because at the end of the day, it's not. Um, you know, a lot of the people I've worked with, a lot of the more experienced line cooks, you know, they still make mistakes and they recognize it and they do their best to fix them. And I think that's how you become really successful as like a cook. You even you realize that you're going to make mistakes and you tr- avoid them at all costs. But when you do make the mistake, you try even more hard to fix it. And so that's what I think is what's so important about recognizing how many people we feed a day is that there is room for error. There is a big room for error. There's a big margin for error. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think I see when people get upset when food gets sent back. And it, for me, it's just like, what are you going to do? Like at the end of the day, they didn't like it. They didn't enjoy it. And you have the opportunity to, you know, make this a positive experience or you have the opportunity to let your ego get in your way and just like totally denounce the person and be like, you know, you're not right. And so this is the battle that I often find myself in or find myself watching. And sometimes it's hard to watch and I'm not sure what to say to the cooks, but at the end of the day, we need to be very, just very open-minded and we need to be very strong. Hey, Line Cook Nation, just a quick little break here uh, for our sponsor, Anchor, the app that I use to um, podcast. I think you all, if you ever want to start a podcast, this is the app you should be using, so go check them out, but here's the ad. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So uh, a, a topic that I uh, <laughs> I know a lot of you will relate to, um, someone that I have mixed feelings on, obviously. I, I think every cook will. Um, so I'll just paint the picture. So, you know, it's Saturday. Long service, right? Super long service. 200 plus covers. You know, you're open till 12 at night. And, you know, you start flipping your pans around 11 and cleaning up and getting everything ready and getting ready to put everything in the walk-in and wrap up and get out. And in comes that table, that four top at 11.55. And you're just like, oh, my God. You know, it's just so, like, your heart drops and you're just like, oh, no, like, come on. But, um, you know... <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I just, I think it's so funny when cooks do this and I, I know I've done it. So I'm more laughing at myself than anyone, but <laughs> and you're just thinking to yourself, like, you know, who, Oh, like, like what are you doing eating this late? Like, why, why are you eating this late? Uh, like wh- that's my, that was always my question. Like, why are you eating this late? There's no reason to be eating this late. <laughs> And so, like, you know, you're on the line and you're just like, oh, my God, what are they ordering? And, you know, maybe they'll order one course or you'll just order dessert if you're lucky. But some order the whole three courses, you know, um, maybe even more. And you're there for however long. And it's literally just that one table left. And, God, I mean, a lot of cooks, that's so crushing to them. And for me, it was like, oh, my God, it was so, so crushing. And then 
so I was in school, and I was telling my chef this because I was working on the weekends, and I, he asked me how my weekend was. And I was like, Saturday night was busy um, just because of everything that happened. And then, like, this table came in, and I had to stay even longer, and then I had to be up the next morning for brunch service. And it just was like, it never ended. It felt like it never ended. And, you know, I was like, I was really kind of just complaining. And my chef turns and he looks at me. And he's like, Ray, when you own a restaurant, if you don't want to serve people that late, close earlier. And I was like, what? And he's like, if you hate serving people that late, close earlier. And then he was like, if you post your hours and your restaurant is open from, say, 11 to 12 at night, like, you should know that you should be serving customers until 12. He's like, I, he, he was still serious about this. He's an old, he's an older guy, but he was just like, you like, don't understand. Like if you're open, like if any other business is open, you go to it until they close. A restaurant is no different. If you don't want to serve people that late, close earlier, but you should be so grateful for the guest that comes in that late that night because they, you know, they're coming in that late just to eat your food. They're coming in that late just to, you know, have that experience. Maybe they got out of their job late and they're coming late. Maybe they, you know, they had a big day or maybe there was something that was going wrong that day. And it just all led up to them wanting to come eat at your restaurant. The only time they could come was that day. And maybe they won't get that chance for a while. Like you should be grateful like that you have a customer coming in the door and just eating your food. And yes, I know it can be annoying for cooks. I know it can be super annoying, but at the end of the day, we, no matter what, like there's that saying, like you're only as good as your last plate. That saying is so true. Um, because though it's more than just like how good the plate looks. It's like the care, like it shows, like if you really put your all into that last dish, that last little bit of service and a little bit of just making people food, like it shows that you truly do love this industry and this, like this, the passion that you have is there because you have to have that care even at the end. Um, you know, it's not like you can just like only cook, you know, if you're open till 12, you can't just cook from five to 10, those last two hours, you need to still put in the same effort. And I think that's how like the restaurants that are really great get that way. And so like, you know, I know a lot of cooks won't change their ways. Um, I know it took me a while to kind of accept it, but when people come in late, don't be upset. Um, and if you're going to be upset at anyone, be upset at, you know, <laughs> your chef because he's opening the restaurant that late. But don't be upset at the guests. The guests, like, you're open. It's a business. And, you know, if we're going to use the example, I know a lot of examples recently have been, like, in any other any any other industry, this wouldn't fly. It's the same thing. Like, when talking about, like, you know, our hierarchy and what how people treat each other. Like, if you worked anywhere else, it wouldn't happen. But if you worked anywhere else and you closed at say like 8 p.m., people will come in at 7.55. That's just the nature of human beings sometimes. So if you have a late check, take that as the opportunity to be the person in the room that is not mad. Just like try it next time. I, I challenge you all this. When you get that check, because I know it's going to happen, probably will happen at the, today after you're listening to this, and that person, that table comes in and they sit down like 10 minutes to close, don't complain. Don't utter a word. Don't even roll your eyes. Just be happy. Just be like, all right. It's just your job. Just uh, That's it. Just do your job and see how it affects everyone, but see how it affects yourself. Because I feel like in this industry with all the stress we have, we put on so much more that we don't need. 
And I think complaining about that is one thing. Like, why are we stressing ourselves out? Like, and, like the restaurant's open. We ha- are there to cook. Like, why do we stress ourselves out? I mean, we know what we signed up for when we took a job where the restaurant closes at midnight. So, like, why stress every night about it? Like, because everyone else is? Because everyone else wants to get out of there? Like, if you truly care and love this, this profession, like, you will not mind cooking that late because that that is when you're open. Now, if they came in past your closing time, then no. Like, hell no. Like, no. Like, you had a window. Usually restaurants have very large windows, and you couldn't make it. But if they come in and they're, like, still within that time, time like, reference that you're still open, like, just be okay with it. Because, I like, I see so many cooks, like, get mad, and then they, like, I've seen cooks throw things. I've seen cooks, like, just totally, like, just lose their mind. Like, punch the cutting board or punch a wall or throw something in the dish pit. Like, like what, why? Like, what, like, what like, do you, like, you need to love this. Like, this is your career. And you're just getting mad because you have to do one more part of your job like i just don't i i don't get it and i know a lot of you are probably like ray you you know like don't lie but i i don't like after my chef said that it totally changed my perspective on everything and like i if he had never said that i would have so much more stress on my life just from getting annoyed when people came in a little bit later than everyone else so cooks my cook nation please just don't let that stuff stress you out because like I said, you have so much other things to worry about. Getting your bills paid, you know, the long hour, like the the actual hours working in a week. Like, you know, like if you really don't want to cook that late, don't work at a restaurant that cooks that late. But know that when you sign up for the job, that's what you have to do. And if you're already, if you're just going to be upset at the end of the night of your job every night because someone comes in late, there's no positivity when you leave. And that's just going to build over into your personal life. And, like, that's when things start to get hectic, when we keep just, like, getting upset. And it's okay to get upset. If, it, if you if Maybe you had a long day and you just wanted to get out of work. Maybe things weren't going right, maybe in your personal life. I get it. But don't get mad every night. Because if you're getting mad every night, then, I mean, like, then find somewhere else to go. Like, if it really bothers you that much, you have to leave. But, like, I just... I hate seeing when cooks put more stress on them than they have to. And I'm, I, I do this a lot too. I get upset over things that I really can't control. It's, it's a part of who we are as people. But if we're able to overcome that and not get mad at the things we can't control and, you know, just try and do the best of our ability in our jobs, I feel like that's when people are successful. And like, I don't know, I'm 21. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong here. Um, I don't know if anyone will agree with me. But I think if we just go in and do our jobs and we don't get upset over the things we can't control, we'll be better off for it and our quality of life will be better. And that's why I'm doing this podcast is to try to make line cooks achieve a new and better quality of life. Because at the end of the day, I hate seeing when people who serve so many people are just so underappreciated and so just tired and upset. And it, it bothers me. It bothers me so much. Um, it, it bothers me a lot. And that's why I want to spend this first half of this episode talking about, you know, the fact that we serve so many people and we're people that serve. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know the number of people at the end of our lives, how many people will have served, but like we deserve to be happy and we deserve, you know, just to enjoy life. And so that's why I'm trying to spread this message If anything. I'm trying to promote y'all and I'm trying to get you to not worry about the little things because 
take it from me. Like I, I don't. I shared on a podcast before. I had a job where I was driving forty hours, or uh, sorry, forty hours, forty minutes to and from every day, and my anxiety was so high from like the drive and being tired and everything. And that time in my life was just not good because I was so anxious and I had so much going on and I was so like just, but it was unnecessary. Like some of the things I was worrying about. So take it from someone who overthinks everything and worries too much about everything. Just please, when someone comes in late or a piece of a plate of food gets sent back, you can't control it. It happened and it could have been your mistake or you could have cooked the steak perfectly medium and they just don't know their temps and I guess then, but you need to find the balance of being okay that sometimes people have different ways they want their food prepared that match up to what you think it should be or what the restaurant thinks it should be. And just being okay with that. I think that's how you make a great guest experience. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. You know, those are my thoughts on how many people we serve. And that's my thoughts on just people sending food back and the people that come in at 10 to five, 10 to five minutes to close. Um, Love to hear your thoughts. You know, DM me on Instagram. I'm always, you know, answering and reaching out and talking to y'all. So just please, like, just send me your thoughts. And, like, you know, it's important for me that you all just know that we're doing something so cool as a career. You know, no matter where you are, where you're at in the industry, that you're helping people get food. You're helping serve people and make experiences for them. And I think that's such a cool role that we play. And I think, you know, I, I just... I hope you all realize that. And I'm starting to realize, I realize that more and more every day. And I just, yeah, it, it's something cool that we do. And I really just enjoy my times in kitchens. And I hope you do too. And just please don't let it stress you out to the point where you're at home thinking about it and just going crazy about it. You know, I know there's going to be those times when maybe you open your own project or you get promoted and you're going to have a lot more responsibility. And maybe you're there right now, but just know that you are in a career that serves others. You make others experiences. And even if you messed up a couple of steaks that night, you made so many more that were just perfect for people. So please just remember that. And like I said, if y'all want to talk about it or if y'all just want to like give me your opinions or stories on like the people who came in five minutes before close, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Okay, so uh, I wanted to get into um, another topic that was brought up to me a while ago. I can't remember who gave it to me. Uh, so sorry if this was your topic. I couldn't find it in my Instagram story archives, the line cook nation archives. Um, but what do, what do you cook on your days off was the question. And I thought this was kind of cool. So I love I, I like cooking on my days off sometimes. Uh, there will be days where I get up in the morning and well, let's like, I mean, I podcast. So like, We'll take for today, for example, I'm finishing this one up and then I have one in about an hour and I have another one in about four hours and then I'm going out with my friend to get lunch and I'm going over to my other friend's house for dinner because my days off, I want to spend doing what I like and also hanging out with the people that I enjoy hanging out with. Um, So today I won't be cooking for myself except for an egg because I'm kind of hungry right now uh, (laughs) while recording this. So I got to make an egg, make some chai tea, you know, let's, let's get breakfast game strong this morning. Anyway, getting back to the podcast. Um, but then there'll be days where I get out of bed and I just, I want to cook. Like I just need to cook. And usually what I like to cook is pasta, uh, because all my life I just wanted to try homemade pasta. I don't know why this was a goal of mine. So like, it's so absurd because you can find homemade pasta anywhere or I could have just made it, 
But literally until I was 17, I never had homemade pasta. It was always Barilla, like dry pasta, which is great. Like, you know, like I love Barilla pasta. Don't get me wrong. Um, or any other type of pasta out there that's, you know, made by large manufacturers. Um, but I never, I, I honestly don't think I ever had homemade, like truly homemade pasta. Like people like, like making the pasta from scratch in a restaurant. I don't, like, I don't, Olive Garden's not doing that. I mean, if they are, shout out to you, Olive Garden, but I don't, I don't, I don't think you are. It would take forever. Um, so, so pasta has always been that thing for me. Like I learned how to make it. Um, I used Thomas Keller's recipe from the French Laundry. Um, feel free to look it up. It's a great recipe. It hasn't failed me yet. And I usually make fettuccine or I make like spaghetti. Sometimes I'll make ravioli. Raviolo I like to make. Those are a little bit more difficult. Um, but I, I remember, I'll remember the first time I saw raviolo. So if you don't know what raviolo is, it's literally ravioli with an egg yolk in the middle. And I'll never forget the first time I saw it. I was in my dorm room, sophomore year of college. And I was watching Mind of a Chef with Gabriel Hamilton, who, by the way, shout out to Prune. Prune is an amazing restaurant that she owns. If you don't know what Prune is, but if you know Gabriel Hamilton, you know that Prune is bomb. Um, she owns it in New York City and best brunch ever. Uh, get the sausage and oyster dish. It's amazing. But I saw her Netflix show or her Mind of a Chef episode and she was making raviolis and then she was she put an egg yolk in there. And like if you know who I if you know me, you know I love runny egg yolks. Like it's just something I crave all the time um, for breakfast or anything really. So she put that in there and I was like, yo, I have to make it. And literally that day I went and made a raviolo for the first time. And I messed up like four before I actually got one where the egg yolk didn't break. Um, but yeah, so making pasta has always been something that I like to make on my days off. Ramen is something that I've made that I really enjoy. And I'm not just talking like the broth, like the broth, like the schmaltz, because I use Ivan Ramen's cookbook and the noodles. I've made the Ivan Ramen noodles a couple times with great success. Um, I love making ramen because it's an all day thing. So it gives me excuse all day to like be near the kitchen because you have to keep, you know, you have some stuff simmering and whatnot. You don't want to leave the house, burn your house down. And so when I'm making ramen, it's cool because I can put so many hours into making it. But like in those times where I'm waiting for like the stock to come down a little bit, um, I'm working on something else. Like, like I remember I was working on my, building my Instagram and just making sure that it's starting to grow while making ramen. You know, it's just like a great dish where you can go and do other things if you have time. So make ramen at home. That's my advice um, for a happy life. Make ramen once in a while. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, those are the things I like to cook um, for my weight loss. I, this is this is what's crazy to me. Uh, so like I said in the beginning, I'm down. I'm actually down 73 pounds now recording this. Um, shout out to the scale to keep dropping those numbers. But uh, I, um, I, I make these like stir fries. So I'll make rice. Like, I'll make a big batch of rice. And I'll keep it in my fridge, and then I'll make stir fries with like, so I'll saute mushrooms, and I'll throw some kimchi in there, and some gochujang paste with like water, like a little bit of water or soy sauce, no soy sauce, to like make it like a nice little sauce, so it like coats the rice. And then I'll like either throw in shrimp or beef, and a couple eggs, some scallions, and the rice obviously. I'll get it nice and crispy because I like my rice a little crispy on the stir fry. Uh, I know that's not how you're supposed to eat it, but that's me. And then, I mean, those will be my dinners. And I don't know how I lost weight eating stir-fry rice, but like I, I 
I cannot stress you enough. Like, I ate stir-fried rice made at home more than any other dish during my weight loss period. I, I don't know if it was just like, I, I don't know. But that is what I ate the most. You can ask my family. Uh, you can ask my girlfriend. Like, I ate stir-fried rice so much more than anything else. I love it. I love rice in general. And, like, it was just crazy to me that, like, I was losing so much weight eating this for dinner. But um, I don't know. It, it filled me up, and I was good, and I didn't have to eat anything else the rest of the day, you know. So that's what I like to make on my days off. Um, soups in the winter, I really like to make tomato sauce, pasta sauce. Oh, my God. I love making pasta sauce. Um, coffee. I think coffee on your days off cooks is a good thing to make. I like making, like, I like getting fancy coffee because I don't – oh, we have to do a coffee episode. Um, I don't drink a lot of coffee, which I know is not normal for cooks. And I want to do a coffee episode now. I'm actually really excited about that. Um, but coffee – I like – making specialty coffees in my days off, like coffees that are fancy, like fancy beans, like $15 bags of coffee. Um, because that'll last me like two months. So for me, it's a good investment. And I just enjoy a nice cup of coffee, you know, maybe some avocado toast and some over easy eggs for breakfast. But yeah, I mean, it's like cooking on the days off for me is more therapeutic than anything, which is weird because I cook literally all week. But I think when you get to cook on your days off, you just have that, that time, that patience. You can throw some music on or a good podcast. Line Cook Thoughts podcast would be one I would recommend. Um, and you're just able to go ahead and just cook for yourself and, you know, throw in things that you like. You know, I know I've made a lot of things that are weird that I know people might not think go together well that I've tried um, that actually worked out. But, um, yeah, I think when you cook in your days off, you're able to cook and have that versatility. Uh on some rare days, I like to do the whole like fine dining thing where I like to plate nice and take a picture of it and put it on my Instagram and then you know serve it to some friends and kind of wow them. Um, I know before I started dating my girlfriend, I would make these. I did like a couple of tasting menus for her where I would just do like three or four courses of like nice like good plated food and she ended up liking it. And it was like a whole. It was like our day off of school. We would go to like this store called Adams and um, and in the Hudson Valley region. I actually don't know what town it was in. Um, we would go there and then the whole day I would just show her what I was, how I was cooking and whatnot. And we would do that. Uh, so like stuff like that. Like, I just think cooking is fun. I think when you can do it with a significant other on your day off or, you know, if you have kids with your kids or with your family members, I just think it's fun to do. And, you know, I want to have an episode on things to do, what, what cooks do on their days off. Um, but for me, cooking on your day off can be something that's very helpful. It can be something that, you know, refreshes you because you're able to cook what you want. You know, the restaurant you're working at, you probably like the food you're cooking, but you know, you have your own style and you know, you have your own way of wanting things and you know, you have your own taste profiles. And so when you get to cook and kind of do it for yourself, there's just something different about it. And that's what I really enjoy. And I really think a lot of cooks could enjoy that. And I hear cooks say, oh, I cook all week. I don't want to like cook anymore. And I get that. Um, but I really think you should, if you don't cook at all on your days off for yourself, I think you should try a little bit because I think you might be surprised. I think cooking on your days off can be a great time to try a new cuisine or something you've never done before. I remember one time I made curry, like actual curry, and, um, I had never made curry before and I really liked it. It was a little spicy, uh, made it a little too spicy. I'm weak with spiciness. Um, but yeah, I think the days off can be spent learning new cuisines, learning new techniques. Um, I obviously do a lot more, more with my days off, like podcasting, reading, writing, 
uh, all that. But, um, yeah, I really think that a good day off should be spent at least cooking something for yourself. Or um, something that I want to touch upon is fermenting. And why I like fermenting is because it's a project that takes, you know, not a lot of, it takes a little bit of time starting, but then it just goes and like, it just takes monitoring. So last fall, this past fall, I made sourdough bread for the first time. And it was one of the most amazing, like, I, I, I'm not just saying, like, I loved the process of making sourdough bread of just like my starter, like the first day it did nothing. And then like the third day, like it literally popped the top off the jar because um, it rose so much. And I was like, so impressed and so proud. And you know, I actually made like good, like the dough, the sourdough actually tasted good. Like my first batch of dough tasted good. And I was so happy and so like pumped up about it. Um, because it, I think with like fermented products, it takes you so long to get to the point that you want that you're so excited when it's done. I know I made kimchi. I think I let it sit a month. And when I was ready to eat that kimchi, like it came out good. And I was like, I could never, like, I was like, never like knew I could make kimchi. Um, I got this brine. It's called the briner. It's like a plastic bucket, and you're able to just put the stuff in, and it has this like holder, and you just put weights on it, and that keeps it submerged in the liquid. I mean, like just I think projects like that are so cool, and they're what I want to get into a little bit more um, in the future. But I definitely suggest fermenting things, making things for yourself, and just you know, I think fermenting is a great thing for chefs to do on their days off, or when you know when you get home, we have just have to feed your starter. Um, the flour and the water mixture and that's it. And then the next day you do the same thing and it gets you in a routine. And there's like, I really think constants during days help you stay grounded in your, in the, like your mental, like mentally, like if I have to do something every day, it keeps me grounded because I have to go back to that every day. So then that's like a, something I always can count on doing that day. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just how I work, but yeah, I think fermenting is really good for cooks and chefs on their days off. I also think, uh, going out to eat, I love going out to eat on my days off because I get to see what other cooks are doing. So I've been trying to try different ramen spots in New York City right now. Um, also trying to go into K-Town and some of the more Asian-inspired cuisines because that's what I'm really into right now, obviously. So I think going out to eat is another great way to spend your day off. But whatever you do in your day off, just make sure that you make the most of your days off. And I've talked about this before. I really think getting up early and making the most of your day off is important because you'll get to do more of what you like to do. And I feel like you'll feel – I feel like when I get up early on my day off, I feel like I have more personal time, which I do because I'm not sleeping in a way. And I understand sleep's important. For, for me, I need like six, seven hours, and I'm good to go. And, like, I think it's so important that you don't oversleep on your days off because then you lose the time you would have had doing what you love or the hobbies that you have that might not even be involved with food. So that's my thoughts on days off. That's what I cook on my days off. Um, just a fun thing. Um, I think it was John George. Yeah, John George. He said he eats a piece of chocolate before going to bed every night. Uh, I adopted that method for uh, of living for the last couple months. And I'll say enough, like, it's very satisfying. I really don't eat dessert much anymore. I think that's another big thing. I would just eat a couple pieces of chocolate before I go to bed. And that like craves my sweet tooth. And I'm just good to go. So... That's my advice on days off, cooking and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what y'all cook on your days off, what y'all like to do on your days off. And let me know. Okay, also I did um, I did a what should we call it? Did a post on my Instagram uh, questions, and uh, basically I asked, uh, "What are some hobbies you have outside of the kitchen?" And I just wanted to share some of these because I thought some of them were cool. Some of them were a little 
uh, inappropriate or weird, uh, which is, I'm not going to share those. I don't know what y'all are doing in your days off, but um, yeah, here we go. So, so I mean, I just think it's cool. So, um, podcast alum, Lauren Joffreon said she enjoys longboarding. I've never been longboarding. Uh, it looks like it's fun. I know there's a lot of people out there who do it. Uh, maybe I'll try it one day. You never know. Uh, Chef Alec Mountbatten says painting. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that's cool. I really think creating um, something other than food on your days off is important. I know it's important for me. And, you know, that's cool. Uh, Alamosity Soccer says there's life outside of the kitchen. <laughs> yes, there is at Alamosity Soccer. Please realize you have a life outside of the kitchen and make the most of your days off. Um, Ricotron says hitting little balls with a stick. Some call it golf, but I'm not that good. <laughs> that's cool though. That you're getting into a new sport and you're really just, you know, trying to get better at something other than being a chef. I think that's cool. Uh, this food adventure says music. Uh, yes. Creating music, listening to music. Music's a big part of my day off. Um, music's a big part of my life in general. I know it's, it is for a lot of people, especially with Spotify and Apple music being so prominent. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what I do without music or podcasts. At Aaron's Beauty says mountain biking, love the adrenaline from the line and racing down the hills. Okay. I mean, I, like I said, I've never been mountain biking as well, but I love riding bikes and I could, mountain biking is like one of those things that's a little too crazy for me, but you know, if that's where you, if that's where you get your adrenaline rush on your day off, go for it. Tracy41284 says gardening. Uh, I, I mean, I, I love gardening. Uh, started a garden at my old school. It's still standing a year from now. Uh, they just got radishes out of it. So very impressed with that. Um, so yeah, that's cool. At Tracy41284. And uh, she also says kayaking. Okay. So kayaking and gardening on your days off. Uh, kayaking's fun. I've been kayaking a couple times and I think it's really cool. Uh, Wags Your Tail says working out and running. Yes, I think working out is important, obviously, on your days off. Um, I know it's hard, especially when you're tired and you really don't have the energy, but, you know, a little 30-minute walk or run or anything to stay active on your day off is, I think, it's going to help you in the long run. Uh, at Dom Arosa says uh, photography. Uh, I think that's cool. Um, photography is a great uh, – photography is a great way to – capture images and, you know, food images or just nature in general. I think it's so cool when I see people just put up these beautiful pictures of nature. Uh, and I know you can just look them up on Google for all the cynics out there, but I really do think that uh, really cool, like good photography is something to be admired. So I really am into that. At DJ underscore love handle says DJing. I've never DJed before. Uh, so, I mean, I've, I know you have some game out there with your DJing skills. So excited to excited to see that you posted that. Um, <laughs> uh, Chef JDZ says fishing. I love fishing on my days off so much. I think fishing is so much fun. Um, I don't know. Just something about being out there near the water and catching fish and just, I, I love it. I really don't see how, like, I, I just think it's so cool that, um, that you can go out and fish and, collect fish and eat them and you know obviously not all fish and it depends on where you're fishing if the waters are clean or not but i think fishing is a great way to relieve stress and i know for me it's just something i look forward to every year um at adam shoemaker or at a underscore shoemaker 24 who's also been on the podcast says listening to music traveling and getting ready to open at restaurant scarpe uh hell yeah good luck to at restaurant scarpe um if you all haven't heard their story i did a podcast with them so feel free to check that out uh, at who stays hungry says graffiti. Um, never done graffiti. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure it's legal. But, um, you know, whatever floats your boat on your days off. Um, at Miss underscore Piggy Bank says dancing. Dancing is always fun to do. Uh, at Nicole uh, K-A-T-R says video games and dancing. Video games for me. I mean, that's me. Like, I haven't, I haven't actually touched my PS4 in almost three months now, which is insane. This is the longest I've ever gone without playing a video game uh, since I found out what video games were. Um, but, yeah, definitely video games are a great, great way to, you know, just get, get your mind off of everything and just be immersed in somewhere else. Uh, he also, but, uh, underscore Backman says drumming. Hell, yeah, I love the music aspect of it. Um, at Pokedizan, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing these names wrong, says gardening, pickling, and overthinking. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I actually just pickled, you know, ramps last week. That was fun. So definitely love the whole aspect of getting out there and, you know, just doing what you need to do in terms of food and whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, and, and then I, I'm the Adam says making cooking videos. It was, and there, there's a couple more that I didn't share. They were like repeats. And then there's some where I just didn't think were appropriate. Sorry if you, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, some weird things in this uh, post, but anyway, yes, I really like the idea of, you know, your, your, um, what's the word? I really like the idea of y'all spending your days off doing something else. I know I've talked about this in the podcast before. I'm a big proponent of spending your days off in the best way possible. So I just really love this, the thoughts of it. And yeah, I think it's so cool that we, uh, we as cooks have other hobbies as because being a cook is so time consuming, but it's cool to have other hobbies or being involved in other things. So props to y'all for doing that. And I think I'm going to start doing this where I just, you know, put out questions and I answer and instead of bombarding y'all with stories of them, just, answered on the podcast so you know this is it so thank you for sharing that all right y'all as always on the solo episodes the last segment of the day is the line cook thoughts segment so it's his thoughts that i share uh from this past week that i thought were really cool and here we go so this one's from at the underscore laurentian and they say i worked in kitchens growing up but i've been working in academia for the last seven years getting my master's and nearly phd in philosophy teaching and thinking in philosophy and ecology departments in Chicago and Michigan. Cooking to me is thought made edible. In engaging with ingredients, you begin to learn about what makes vegetables tick, the seasons, the place in which you live, the bioregional history of whatever patch of soil you live on, and all of it shows up on the plate. I like working in kitchens because they're places where you get to focus really deeply on your practice. They're like monasteries, except that instead of focusing on prayer and gods, we're focusing on food, nourishment, flavor, and terroir. They're really magical places Despite the stress involved with cooking from scratch every day, the work is worth it. When I read this quote, I think, uh, what is it? I think cooking is thought made edible is like a tattoo. Like, I don't know. Or that's a shirt. Uh, you know what? That's a shirt. I'm hopefully going to make that soon. Cooking is thought made edible. I think that's such a cool idea that, um, you know, you're able to translate what you think through food. Uh, I also like the idea that you, um, that you mentioned, you know, thinking about, how vegetables tick in the seasons and how your region plays into what you cook. I just thought this was a very thoughtful quote. Um, shout out to you at the underscore Laurentian and thank you for sharing so much online cook thoughts. Um, this one's from at Wookie man, uh, Star Wars reference, but uh, he says, aside from loving the chaos of the industry, I've always loved how food is a part of nearly every major event in life. Get married, have a special meal, graduate, special meal, birthday or anniversary, special meal. Uh, I think it's so true. Food is always playing in whatever type of uh, celebration we have, you know, whether it's a birthday or a wedding or anything at all, you're always celebrating with food. You know, food is a big deal. And 
I just think that's so cool that you realize that. And it's something I realized at a very young time in my career that, uh, you know, food plays so importance and that's why we have to get it right when we're cooks because it's so important to people in their life. Um, and it's able to connect them with memories and whatnot that, you know, we put out through cooking. So I think that is such a cool topic to go into. Uh, this one is at, uh, at chef Elliot, because there's like five T's after Elliot. Um, and they say, I love the food industry because I'm constantly surrounded by people who love what they do and who will gladly put effort into doing things the best way they can. I think what inspires me to create food is that I grew up being a picky eater. And let's be honest, there's a lot of those out there. So I try to make food that's approachable but still thought-provoking. As far as a change I'd like to see in this business, I'd really like if people outside the business would try to step into our shoes to see what it's like and how rough being a chef really can be. If you don't love it, then it can really be a struggle at times. And lots of people don't understand what really goes into this career choice both mentally and physically. I agree. Um, I think the general public needs to know more that it's not just, you know, being happy and whatnot. Uh, there's those times where it's rough and it's hard and it's exhausting and it's fatiguing. And, you know, I think that's why we're doing this podcast. You know, we want to celebrate the culture, but we also want to make some awareness for what people are feeling like. So I definitely think that sharing that is important and, you know, making people understand like this isn't just all fun and games. And when people get into this industry, knowing that, you know, even even as we progress the industry and make it more desirable and make, you know, quality of life better, it's still going to be one of the most difficult things you could probably put in put yourself into in terms of career choices. Also, the part about picky eaters I thought was cool because I know my sister's a picky eater, so it's always a challenge trying to find food for her um, when we go out to eat. So, in terms of food that I think is good, so just being real real with yourself. When you're maybe out with family, I know I lack that sometimes where maybe they don't want to go to the place that serves foie gras. Uh, they want the meat and potatoes. And just knowing your clientele and knowing who you're eating out with and who you're serving is very important in the restaurant industry. So I think this chef has um, what they need to know down pat. So, yeah, those are the line cook thoughts I'm sharing. Uh, as always, thank you so much for sharing those. Um, we got a really good amount of uh, new followers. We're at 2,800 now, I believe, uh, which is really cool. Um, if you've just started listening to this podcast, because I know I got a couple new listeners too, in some other countries, um, yo, I got, I, I have to look it up, but, um, I got some, like, I mean, I know I have some fans in Zimbabwe, so thank you so much for listening. Um, I have some fans in Canada, uh, just a lot of cool, I, I, next, next podcast, I'm going to get a list of everyone that's like listened to all the countries that we're representing here in the Lion Cook Nation so far. Um, but I think it's really cool. So thank you for listening to me. I never thought I'd be listened to by anyone outside of the New York state area. Um, but thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. Uh, as of today, the Anthony Bourdain episode deadline is a week. I have some, I want more. I want this episode to be big. Please send me why Anthony Bourdain meant so much to you. I now am able to send a link to you. So just message me on Instagram. I have the links in my show notes. I have the links in my bio on Instagram. There's really no excuse why you can't do it besides you just not doing it. So just do it. Send me a minute. It's literally a minute. Think for a minute why Anthony Bourdain meant a lot to you and send me a minute of you talking. That's it. Two to three minutes max. It's all you got to do. Please be a part of this. I think this is going to be something special. I think this is going to be something that a lot of pe- more people than just us are going to see bigger picture. And um, so yeah, just please send me your messages, send me your thoughts. And I look forward to hearing what you all have to say. And I look forward with being with you on the next Line Cook Thoughts podcast.